Welcome to Business Can Be Better. This is the podcast that helps businesses become even better businesses. Mm -hmm. This helps your business be better in many ways, financially, marketing and sales and leadership. Those are the topics we focus on. So what's new with you, Kelly, right? Well, other than scrambling around with clients in a gala coming up this weekend, we I actually am going with a friend to Amsterdam on Monday. I'm going to go to Business Mastery with Tony Robbins. It's been something I've wanted to do for quite a long time, so I'm pretty excited about that. I'm going to learn from the top business strategists in the world. I'm sure come back with a ton of helpful new ideas and information, bombard my clients with it, and maybe you guys on the next podcast. Yeah, that What's new with good. you? Mr. Famous Poker Player, you. <laughs> yeah, I just got back from Vegas, so it's the first um, it's the first vacation I've taken since we started our business three years ago. It's actually it's the first we've taken in five years, but definitely the first since we started our business. First time I've been away from my business for more than like a long weekend, so I actually took a full week off, and that's not entirely true. I worked probably an hour every day. <laughs> you totally emailed me back several yeah. times. So we're in Vegas, uh, and I have roots in the poker industry is where we started our marketing, and so I've Vegas is a bit of a second home. We go down there basically every summer, or used to anyways. I used to work the World Series of Poker, and this was the first year where I could go down and play it. So I played an event at the World Series of Poker. Um, I played a $1,500 deuce to seven no limit single draw tournament and did not make any money. <laughs> That's okay. I don't know what that means. So it That's sounds a, very impressive. Yeah. The as photos long as of it you look very good. uses people, it makes it sound <laughs> impressive. I finished 50th out of just under 300 players. So it was still That's a, a win. good fun time got to play 14 hours of poker with some of the best players in the world to get that far and then uh walked away empty-handed but it was a good trip it was fun good to be away and good to come home and get back to work too did your wife just watch the whole time no she well so day one i was playing all day and she sat at the pool she was just finishing a course she was doing which she actually just passed so she got certified as a bodybuilding specialist personal trainer a girl thing yeah Awesome. So she just passed that. So she was working on that and sitting by the pool. And then the next day, I was only playing for another two hours or so before I busted. So then we just hung out together. And then last night, we were finalists for an award for best social oh, media yeah, agency. Yeah, that's awesome. And we did not win, but we got the um, we got honorable mention. So we're that's the only awesome. other agency that got an honorable mention. So I guess that's like second. That's huge. So second best social media agency uh, that was at Social West, which is Canada's largest digital marketing conference. Good for you. That is awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. So we are talking about follow up and follow through today. And you look like you've come very prepared for this conversation. <laughs> so <laughs> she Lane, has numbers. Lane painted me as a nerd for this podcast and then made fun of me when I showed up with some statistics to back up my, my uh, stereotype paper, paper that I was given. There's notes. Stop wrestling the paper. Um, so yeah, of course I have a few statistics because I don't want to just pull numbers out of thin air, but... Um, it's been sort of a common theme with me and my clients lately, and I'm sure with you and your clients, um, with all the online marketing that you do, we've been really looking at the number of leads. So people showing interest in your business, your service or product from anywhere, you know, online, in person, phone calls, etc. Every one of those people being considered a lead um, and being tracked 
and then followed up on. And we started to dig into the research and we found some really disgusting numbers. Um, something like 84% of sales are done between the fifth and 12th follow-up, but almost 100% of businesses only follow up once or twice. So there's so much money on the table out there. And I think uh, one of the big problems, like one of the reasons people aren't following up, or at least with my clients anyways, uh, they don't want to be pushy. They mm -hmm. don't want to be salesy. Yeah. And I just couldn't disagree more with that. Um, because for me, I don't know about you guys, I don't even have kids. So I consider myself less busy than other busy people with kids. And I forget sometimes that I wanted something. And when I get a reminder email saying, hey, you left this in your cart, I'm like, brilliant. Thank you so much. Mm. I really wanted That's that. That's a good point. You know? So... And also, with all the different businesses I've worked with, I've helped them and their team come up with a way to create a follow-up procedure that is a service. You know, like we're really, uh, we're really fully booked. You know, it's really hard to get into us. So we offer pre-booking as a service so that you can save your favorite date and time so that no right. one can take that away from you. That, so anyways, had, that's my take on follow-up. I, I realized how important follow-up was to me last year when I, I was the, that person who would follow up two or three times maybe. And then I don't want to be salesy. It's kind of very much against our business philosophy to not be salesy. We're completely inbound in our strategy and I don't want to be pushing out. Um, and so I would follow up a few times and I figure if people don't get back to me um, that I will just leave them alone. I don't want to bother them. But I had someone last year who had followed up and followed up three times, maybe four times, left it for months, followed up once more, kind of left it. And then like eight months later, I'm like, maybe I'll just send one more and made it kind of like, hey, I don't want to bother you again. I just want to like, you know, kind of take you off my list sort of thing. So let me know if you're still interested, but I'll just assume if I don't hear from you again, like you, I won't bother you again. And like immediately got a response like, no, 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 we're still interested. Like we'll chat. Can I come over and see you next week? So someone that I was ready to write off, you know, immediately got back to us on probably follow up number seven or something. Yeah, I've had the exact same experience. I find it takes a lot of people with sort of bigger ticket expenses like us, like consulting mm -hmm. and um, would you call yourself a consultant? Marketing we do expert? some consulting, but so for our we're higher fees, right? Yeah. It's not like going to buy a microwave for the yeah. for the the office kitchen, um, but it's kind of a big decision. So I found that some people watch all my free content or consume all my free content for years before they reach out for oh, a, yeah. a strategy session and then become maybe become a client. Um, and I've had a sim similar situation to you where I was talking to someone for a long time and I sent a final message and I just said, just wanted to let you know. I've followed up five times and I haven't heard back and I do not ever want to come across as pushy. And I just wanted to leave you with this. Uh, here are two other names of two other people who I think might be a really good fit for you. Here's access to this free tool that I have and I wish you the best of luck. Cause like you, I wanted to clean mm -hmm. up my leads list, right? And immediately, sorry, we've been discussing everything. We'd like to start tomorrow, wow. you know? So if I had given up, and also, along with giving up, we kind of make up a story, right? Like they're not interested, they don't like, they don't think I'm good enough, blah, blah, blah. And it's just such garbage. People are just busy. Yeah. And they see like, what is it now? 3,000 advertising and marketing messages a day or something? Yeah, probably. We have to remind people. Yeah. I was kind of thinking you'd violently disagree Sorry. with me on this well, one. It would make the podcast more interesting. <laughs> This is where I think a CRM, like a customer relationship management tool, is so important for so many businesses. Oh, and we can fight about this one. Okay. I agree well, with you on that point, but okay. keep going because I think I have some debatable points. I think points. they are underutilized for a lot of small businesses that aren't aware of how powerful they are. And it's a big um, 
they, they only work if you use it, obviously, and so it's forming a habit around using it, and even we are not perfect with it. Sometimes I'll forget to add someone who came in uh, to my inbox, and maybe I send a proposal, and I forgot to update the CRM or something. But anyways, it's I think they're so useful because they are what you would call the institutional memory of, of your business, so that like you have an assistant or we have other people at our agency, and if someone else needs to follow up with them and I'm gone on holidays, there's that place that says, well, we sent this proposal six weeks ago. We last followed up with them two weeks ago. Maybe this is a good time to send them another message. And that's what a CRM is so useful for. And some of them can even just notify you of that automatically, but at the very least, just track all of those communication points so that you know the history of follow-up and when things were sent and where things stand with that lead. Okay, I actually love that because that's pretty much an automated procedure. So Mm -hmm. I love that. If you use that correctly and there are messages that go out at certain times uh, to remind people uh, or encourage people or just follow up with people, I think the part at the beginning that I was going to disagree with was that it be fully automated, but you weren't saying that. You're just saying at certain points it will remind you to follow up. Right. So you can do a follow up on the phone or in person or by email, whatever. So a lot of CRMs. Um, have marketing automation or email marketing automation as another tool built into it. But a CRM at its root is a separate thing from that usually. But yeah, something like a HubSpot or whatever, that um, there will be marketing automation usually connected to it. But that would be a separate thing and sometimes it has a role and sometimes it does not. I, I'm, maybe you're surprised, you would be surprised. I'm very against automation of that stuff. I want human touch, talk to them, sit across a table from them if you can. Um, but that's also because we're a very low volume business and we can. If you have a you know, 25,000 contact list, you can't really personally email all of them. So automation yeah. has a role in certain places. Yeah, and I think because everything is so automated nowadays, people are really craving that human connection. So I found in a lot of our clients' businesses, when we switched from automation back to adding some personal touch in, like even a human voice answering the phone, uh, we started to see increased conversion rates. And I think follow-up can be done really well or it can be done really poorly. Follow-up, if you're following up like in a pushy, desperate sort of way, is just awful. I only have three rules for sales. And a lot of people, I tell them to call it something other than sales because the word sales just makes people feel icky based Mm -hmm. on their experience sometimes. But my only three rules are be authentic. So that means you have to believe in what you're selling, right? You should not be in a job or trying to push or sell anything that you don't fully believe in. So just be yourself. That's number one. Number two, have the customer's best interest in mind, 100% of the time. So if somebody comes to see me and they're like, I need help with marketing, clearly I'm gonna send them over to Lane. They're, they're not, I'm not what's best for them if they only wanna talk about online marketing. Yeah. So that shows that I have their best interest at heart. And that makes everybody more comfortable. You're not trying to desperately get somebody or you're not trying to steer them towards you if you're not the best bet. And then number three is have no attachment. So that's the biggest piece that I think people fail at because they get all nervous and weird when they're doing follow-up because they feel like they're being salesy, but they don't have to be. You literally just have to think, if I get the sale, great. If I don't get the sale, great. Just don't be attached to the outcome. So I think if you follow up with those three rules in mind, it can be really, really good. And also, when people say, don't call me again, just don't call them again. Like, that's just clearly, right. the follow-up stops there. But if they don't say that, you have to follow up at least five times because 84% of sales are being done between the fifth and twelfth follow-up. Okay. How many five. follow-ups are you doing? Minimum five. Okay. Yeah, minimum five. I like number two a lot because I think a lot of people in business development, maybe that's a better way to talk about sales mm, or yeah. in sales, um, are... Maybe it's not fair to say a lot of people like that. I think there are 
the people who give the bad reputation for that are the ones who are interested in coming up with a solution that serves them rather than what can I do to help this client or lead um, solve their problem. And and I we get that a lot because we have people approach us often wanting uh, a solution to something in their business and we are often not the right fit uh, just because we're busy and not taking on a lot of new stuff and we're very selective about who we work with and the kind of jobs we take on and so we we turn away a lot of stuff but I I had I struggled with this for a while about how to turn them away because I don't want to say well you're too small for us or we don't want to work with you or something like that but it's to present them with some alternative solution that doesn't involve you like I have people that I would trust to do a great job in that area and I will definitely refer them on or give them some other solution or even just well maybe we should sit down for like a two-hour consult instead and we can see if we can give you the skills to do this yourself or just find some other solution rather than no and then when I am saying yes I want to talk it means like that's someone I want to work with this is a project I'm excited about and I am going to believe that we're coming in with a great solution that's right for them I'm not pushing a solution I want to sell on someone that's not right for yeah so absolutely if you're not following up to make a sale you're following up to provide the right solution and you're being authentic and you're not attached to the outcome, follow-up can be a beautiful thing because really, I'm just following up to make sure that you get what you need because you reached out. Mm -hmm. And even if that means that you go work with someone else or you just take this free video series I launched, that's awesome. So what about businesses that are not lead-based, like retail or something like that? So I had the example today is meeting with a client in in a restaurant and someone made the comment to us, um, well, your job must be pretty easy as marketers because when they show up the food's amazing the service is amazing like it's pretty easy for you guys to market this because they're doing all the heavy lifting which is that's follow-through right that's we do it is easy to market them because the follow-through is amazing because I've worked with clients in the past where the follow-through wasn't there and we wanted to do some amazing things to to rectify um, a brand perception and turn things around and and do good things for a brand but then when people show up and the follow-through isn't there it doesn't matter how good my marketing is that when they show up and it's not being delivered what we're promising them um it, it, it just falls flat obviously oh yeah that's such a good point and you said that in a workshop i think you did for my clients a few years ago but uh, i was asking you how how can we get more google reviews and you basically said well you have to do an exceptional job first like don't even think about trying to get online reviews the first thing you need to do is do an exceptional job and i think that that's missing from too many conversations so i'm really glad you brought that up because the follow-through or the i think i like to call it like the after the sale strategy when we do our marketing plans with people now what you know like you need to retain customers and you want them to come back so in that restaurant type environment the follow-through is just the amazing service right Mm -hmm. what else do you do though like do you have some sort of follow-up like do they get some sort of automated some incentive to come back or right yeah so in their environment they they just introduced and we just launched a loyalty program so you can do something like that Um, I mean we also just in the fact that people who follow them on on social media are likely people who've dined there and they're that's follow through that's follow-up is your followers are not people who aren't customers generally they're people who either are customers or would be if they needed your services or your product so that's follow-up those are people that you can talk to and 
build relationship with them and not just sell to them every day when they log into Facebook, but just continue to maintain a relationship with them so that next time it's date night, you're the top of the list for who they want to go and dine with when when they go out. Have you ever been offended by someone following up with you? Because people say this to me all the time. My clients are like, you want me to call these people five times? Like I would hang up on them if they called me five times. And I personally cannot think of a time where somebody followed up with me that I was angry. Only obviously if you've, you've said no or you're not interested or something and they keep pushing obviously that's at that point if you've received the no it's kind of like drop them off and take them out of your lead list or something but maybe we'll disagree on this (laughs) and that if I what I find annoying is if I reach out to someone either by a contact form or sending them an email and they respond with a phone call when they change the mode Mm -hmm. of communication that annoys me yeah, like okay, if you send an agree, instant, instant message on their site, you want to chat because mm-hmm. you're in a meeting and you're supposed to be paying attention, they call your cell phone. Yeah. So rude, so rude. Just message back. We message you, we want to yeah. be messaged back. Yeah, respond to them in the in the way that they that they want to be responded yeah. to. So we don't disagree on anything. No. I thought we were going to have a good debate today. <laughs> I was like, ooh, Lane will totally oppose me on this. We well, need to find more controversial topics. Let me find some stats here for you. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. 30 to 50% of sales go to the vendor that responds first. Um, and I've seen some other stats, too, about, you know, um, the faster the better, but within one hour is the most successful time to call people back, but also answering the phone. So I worked with a landscaping company years ago, and we were doing a competitive analysis, just like checking out all their competition strengths and weaknesses and trying to figure out sort of a competitive advantage for the season. And it was so hilarious when we discovered that all we had to do was answer the phone. Right. <laughs> because none of the other companies are answering the phone because they're busy doing the work. Mm-hmm. So pay somebody minimum wage to answer your phone and create a lead system and follow up with them and you get all the work. Right. They killed it that year, that one little thing. So answer the phone or just respond to inquiries fast. So some of the sales statistics that I found about follow up are 48% of salespeople never follow up with a prospect. Never. Never. 25% of salespeople make a second contact and stop. 12% of salespeople only make three contacts and stop. And only 10% of salespeople make more than three contacts. Now, here are the percentage of sales made with each amount of contact. 2% of sales made on the first contact. 3% of sales made on the second contact. 5% of sales made on the third contact. 10% of sales made on the fourth contact. 80% of sales are made on the fifth to twelfth contact. So seriously, guys, you have to develop a procedure that follows up at least five times. Just remember that you need to be authentic, have the customer's best interest in mind, and don't be attached to the outcome. What about how uh, close together they are? Because obviously you're not just follow up five times, like five days in a row. Yeah, how that's do you a really figure good that point. out? I think with different clients, we've done it differently. Uh, I'm a big fan of surveying my clients, ideal clients quite often when they say to me, well, I don't think they'll like that. I'll say, well, why don't you ask them? Because I think a lot of the times we assume that other people think the way that we do, mm-hmm. but we're wrong. If you think that your clients are going to think a certain way, you could be wrong, so you should ask them. Um, but in in the case of a recent client that we did this with, um, we actually had data on how often clients preferred to be contacted, and we also had a procedure on a 48-hour window for callbacks for clients, so we kind of had it laid out. Mm-hmm. But I would say base the frequency on your ideal client. Right. Like you need to understand them more before you 
Because, yeah, you don't want to, like, call them five times in one day. No. I don't think. That doesn't count as your five done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we provide a service that's um, a big investment and takes a lot of consideration, so I'm not going to follow up with them the next day and say, so what do you think, right? Like, I, I'll give them a week before a I say point. anything. Um, and then when I don't hear from that, um, I might give them another week. Or they might reply and just say, oh, we're – I'm um, just meeting with some people. I still need to chat about it. Or if it's on a, especially if we're working with like a nonprofit, they need to meet with their board and they need to discuss it. And I, I have proposals out that I sent three months ago and following up right now, like there's nothing to follow up on because the last time they talked, they're just like, well, this is our scheduled board meeting. And so um, we'll let you know after that kind of thing. Right. So yeah, it's going to be different by client and industry and, and all that, but being pretty intentional about when you choose to, to, to schedule those in. Yeah, and I think, too, um, really during follow-up process, setting expectations for clients is important. I mean, setting expectations for clients is always important, but I think in the follow-up procedure, it's extra important. Like, if I send somebody our business assessment, that takes like an hour to two hours to fill out. That's like the first step. I'm going to tell them I will follow up in a week so that they're not expecting me to follow up right away, and they're not thinking that they have a month to fill it out. Also a good idea. So when I send a proposal, I should just say, I'll, I'll get in touch a week from now. Yeah, and then put that in your calendar. Right, yeah, that would be an important part of that too. Great idea. Yeah, so I guess my, what do you want me to call this, a quick tip? Yeah, sure. This might this not is, be as quick as Lane's, Kelly guys. Ray, this is Kelly Ray's quick tip. Kelly Ray's quick tip. Okay. So uh, I love procedures. Um, I know some people think that they're kind of the boring, uh, mundane sort of part of the business, but they're actually so important. They're like the bones of your business. You need to create, this is your one quick tip, which is taking a while for me to say, so it's obviously not that quick. I want you to create a follow-up procedure that works for your clients. Okay. So you can even, once you're finished this procedure, get a group of your ideal clients together and ask them what they think about it. Ask them how they would feel if you use the process on them. So I'll uh, use a client that I worked with the other day as an example. Um, it's a, a really awesome gym. And so they follow up by email and by text and by phone call five times. And they were kind of saying, you know, well, we feel kind of salesy. And, and, and I was encouraging them to follow up within 24 hours of their first free workout. And they're like, well, we don't want to be pushy. We don't want to be salesy. And I said, it's not like you're selling something that's bad for them. Like right. people die if they don't exercise. Like this is something good. Like you can really get, get behind this, right? Like, yeah. So we checked off that authentic part. Then we checked off the what it's best for them part. Then we checked off the no attachment because it's like, if you sell or if you don't, it's okay. Mm -hmm. So once we built that into the procedure, it was a lot easier for them to schedule. They did a text within 24 hours, an email two days later, an email two days later, and then one more email that said that they were going to receive a phone call in two days if they didn't respond to the email. And I love that in a procedure because I find that if, this is how I always got stuff done in my management career too. People thought I was so annoying, but I would send them an email and I'd say, if I don't hear back, I'm going to text you. And then in the text, I would say, if I don't hear back, I'm going to call you. And if then they don't answer, you leave a voicemail saying, I'm going to pop by next week. Right. They always call you back, you know, because people are like, nowadays they're like, ah, don't call me. Right. You didn't text me to ask if you could call me first. Um, but that would be my quick tip slash long tip. Create <laughs> a follow-up procedure and make sure that everybody follows it. Track your leads, track your follow-ups and oh, Measure your conversion rate before and after you implement this. Right. Because there's a ton of money being left on the table with leads that aren't converting right now. Man, I'm learning so much. Can't tell you if you're being sarcastic. I don't know. I don't know Lane's sarcasm yet. (laughs) 
Okay, Lane's, Lane's quick tip. So this, we can relate back to this a bit. Um, I just wanna talk about what I think is a massive opportunity that's available right now that not everyone's taking advantage of and that is the opportunity that's available on LinkedIn right now. And it can be a tool for this follow up and follow through as far as it being a place where you build relationships and get in touch with people. And maybe that's, we have a lot of leads come from our LinkedIn. So it, it, it relates to this. That's what I'm telling myself. LinkedIn's a huge opportunity right now. And the reason is there are three reasons. Um, one is that there's there's an audience demand for a social platform like LinkedIn right now. Um, a lot of that has to do with Facebook facing a lot of issues and make no mistake, Facebook is still the largest, most used platform on the market by a long shot, but it is falling in the last year for the first time and other platforms are starting to grow. And it's a lot to do with people are concerned about the privacy things. And this is perception. It's not that LinkedIn is more safe. It's perception that it's a privacy problem. Um, there's the fake news issues. Also just as much a problem on LinkedIn, if not more, because you can change your, your link titles and your link image and everything and you can do things that Facebook has, has made impossible now but there's the perception that that's not a problem on LinkedIn um, and the last is just there's a problem on Facebook with just kind of troll comments and angry comments and messages and things like that and it's not become um, a fun environment for some some types of content and LinkedIn's kind of become a safe haven where it's almost like the good old days of Facebook where you could post and people have nice positive sentiment conversations and mostly stays clean and and so there's a there's an opportunity because LinkedIn is is the kind of platform that people crave uh, that Facebook no longer is for the same reason that um, I think Instagram is growing a lot because you can't share things there so all of the you know political posts or controversial posts you can't share to Instagram so it's kind of a safe space that doesn't have that problem that Facebook has so firstly I think LinkedIn's a huge opportunity because it fills a gap in social media um, that that the market it craves. So the second reason that is such a good opportunity, um, there's all these people going there because it's the new safe haven, but the competition is still very low there. There isn't a lot of people being content creators on LinkedIn like there is on every other social platform. And this is a bit surprising. If I don't know if you know, but LinkedIn's been around since before MySpace started. LinkedIn's been around for 16 years. It's like older than every social platform we're using, um, but it's it's taken this long for it to kind of hit its stride, and, and yet still, it's pretty low competition. There's not many people who are making content for it. So you can put out some pretty simple content um, and get some pretty huge results on it, actually. So the third reason that it's a really big opportunity um, is because the audience is so valuable there, not only because they have higher disposable income than just about every other platform, but also people kind of actively consume content there. We have a lot lower following on LinkedIn than anywhere else, but we get way more leads there than anywhere else because people are actively consuming it and enjoying it and liking it and sharing it and commenting on it. And it's just um, such a more valuable engagement that you get from people. So for those three reasons, I think LinkedIn is one of the biggest opportunities in social media for maybe the biggest um, for 2019. And folks need to start taking it seriously. Um, this is especially true, of course, in, in the B2B world, um, but I think there's still lots of opportunity in B2C for LinkedIn to play a role. So your tip is get onto LinkedIn. Yeah. My tip is make a follow-up procedure. Yeah. 
awesome. Those two things will make a big difference. Yeah, so those are our two quick tips. And then let's quickly recap our, our topic of the day, which was we talked about um, just um, the value of following up and following up a minimum of five times. Talked about your three rules. What are those again? Be authentic. Always have the customer's best interests in mind and do not be attached to the outcome. Great. I think that's that's an episode. That's a wrap. I think the follow through part, though, we have to mention that. That was very important that you okay. said that. Just doing an exceptional job and having an after the sale strategy. Right. Yeah. We talked about way too many things to recap. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening to the official episode one of Business Can Be Better. And please subscribe. And on iTunes, you can leave reviews and things like that. that would Only help nice us. ones. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Only the nice ones. Did we do the first rule of how to earn reviews, though? Do exceptional. Did we do? I think so. You did exceptional. If you're well. still listening at this point, you you are exceptional. Leave a review. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, Lane underscore Anderson. Follow me on LinkedIn. Follow my business, Leonard media on facebook and linkedin you're so good at remembering all this you can follow me kelly ray tamaki on linkedin and our business page tmh business coaching and consulting on facebook and on instagram at tmh business okay thank you all so much for listening we'll be back with another episode after kelly ray gets back from amsterdam awesome